Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Cardinals general manager Michael Gersh, uh, kind enough to join us here on the show. Michael, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us live from opening day. Yeah, it's nice to actually interact with human beings again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a long time since. Uh, it's been a long time since we had a real opening day too. It's been a couple years where we had uh, no fans, and then last year we had sort of a weird modified opening day or a fake one that we didn't lie <laughs> or whatever we did. So it's uh, it's nice to be doing this the right way. That's what I was going to ask you. How nice is it going to be when you get to look out in that ballpark and don't have to see just, you know, half of the stadium filled? You actually get to see all of those seats taken up. Yeah, all the seats, all the all the pageantry, all the the Clydesdales and the and the red jackets, the whole thing. Like yeah. it, it's it's nice to be back. It's like a, again, it's, it's the real opening day. It's, right. been a, it's been a couple years. And you have Albert Pujols this year <laughs> at, on opening day. What's this going to be like for you to watch number five coming out once again in a Cardinals uniform today? Yeah, it's 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 kind of surreal. It's 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 amazing that the the, uh, the the opportunity to have two legends who've been with the Cardinals for whatever it is, sixteen and eighteen years, or whatever it is, and 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 another legend back for his final go round all at the same time is uh, it it has a chance to be like truly like an epic summer. So and we're well positioned to take advantage of it. It's it's we got a bunch of young guys that complement the old the, the veterans and we got guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt who are right in the primes of their careers. So it's uh it's it's exciting, man. Now Michael, I don't want to cross any lines and I don't know how much you can take us inside the room, but what were those conversations like about deciding if we should pursue Albert Pujols as a free agent? Yeah, I mean, it, it it's a complic it's a complicated decision in in terms of it's not <laughs> There's just a lot more history there than, yeah. than you know. It's a different conversation than Dickerson, for example, of course, right? Yeah. Like it's just a very different conversation. Does but the DH help that though? Of course, yeah. right? Like like you, it, it's awfully hard to to, to roster two right-handed hitting first basemen, <laughs> right? One of whom is an all-star, perennial all-star. <laughs> it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to roster a second one. It's just not the math doesn't work, yeah. right? So, um, uh, yeah, the DH certainly made it, it. It opened up possibilities and at bats and opportunities that we just otherwise wouldn't have had. So he's starting today against a right-handed pitcher. Is that something we're going to see much of this year, or is that kind of play it by ear? How, how do you think that's going to go with the way that you platoon that spot with him and Dickerson and maybe Newt Bar? I, I think Ali has talked a lot about how he wants to be more flexible in our lineup and more reactive to, to matchups that make sense. So um, I don't think... I, I, I don't think anyone will be a set position. I mean, look, Goldsmith's going to play a heck of a lot, right? But I think... I think the, the DH spot will be an opportunity to get people on different people a day, you know, half a day off off the field. It'll be an opportunity to get matchups that we like. It'll be an opportunity to get, you know, various things. So, um, I, I don't think that that we'll be seeing, uh, you know, Albert start every time against righties. I don't think we'll be seeing anybody in a role where they're they're the everyday guy in, in that DH spot. It'll be sort of a, a rotating a rotating group of people in there. You mentioned getting guys a day off of their feet. 
I heard Ben Fredrickson talk about this. I think it was a week or two ago now. He talked about how you guys have some internal numbers that show if a player starts in the field seven straight days, there starts to be a little bit of a decline in performance. Can you take us into some of what what goes into those decisions of, like a Nolan Arenado or a Paul Goldschmidt, for example? They've started six straight days. What goes into the determination of, do we keep going here with them starting in the field? Or, hey, maybe do we do get a day off here, even though obviously you're going to be missing their defense out there. Yeah, you can, you can look at analytics on all these things, and we do. But the reality is that, you know, the the amount of the energy level of the of the player is not like a a, a video game where it goes down you know like one tick every five minutes but or whatever. But makes your job right? a lot easier if it did though. Right, right. <laughs> it's so much easier. So sometimes you know travel can be easier, hard, right? It can be hot and miserable, and and games can take forever. We can have you know fifteen to fourteen games where you're running all over the field. There's other games that they're shorter. Like so a lot we we have ways of looking at stuff, but a lot of it is the feel of the coaching staff and the player and and being honest about when you you know you could use a day and. You know, one of the things that we've lost a little bit this year is some off days because of the, the delayed start and still squeezing 162 in. So it will be something that we're constantly, you know, keeping an eye on and, and how guys are feeling, how they're looking, and, and when it makes sense to try to, you know, we, we have, we feel like we have players on our bench who could be starting if they needed to be, right? And so whether it's because people need a blow or because of injury, we're, we feel good about some of, you know, our next, our next wave of guys on position player-wise. So... So we'll be smart about it. Speaking of those coaches, uh, what's impressed you most about Ali Marmol so far? I mean, you know, you've known him a long time throughout the system, but now that he's the manager, what stuck out to you? In some ways, what stuck out the most is how Ali's the exact same as he was, you know, a year ago or five years ago. Like he is—he's an old soul. He's 35 years old, but like he is—he is an old soul who is very intentional about what he's doing and how he thinks about things, and and is very open to to you know gather opinions from large groups and, and diverse groups and then make a decision off of it and it's 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 impressive how he's stepped into the role it hasn't changed him and he hasn't and and, and he fits right into the role like it, the, the, the way spring went and it was a weird spring right yeah. I mean, he had he had whatever it was almost three months where he couldn't talk to any of the players and the players some of them showed up having never met him before right some of our free agents yeah. and stuff so um, but he stepped right into it, and it was, it, was, it was great. It's a short sample size, but it sure does seem like he's a, a player's manager, if that makes sense. I, I mean, how beneficial is that if that is the case with Ollie? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what a player's manager exactly means all the time. You yeah. know? I, I think Ollie's just an easy guy to get along with, and he's a good communicator. And yeah. I think if you communicate well with players, and they, then you're a player's manager, right? It's yeah. like if you choose not to, I mean, anyone could be uh, not a player's manager if you just don't tell people what's going on and stuff. But Ali's style is 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 to communicate openly and often and, and let people know where they stand. And I think I think that sets a good tone. So mm-hmm. I thought something that was interesting that he said, I think it was yesterday or a couple of days ago, he mentioned that some of the things that he's going to be doing this year, you mentioned the maximizing of the lineup, some of the platoons, maybe using the bullpen a little bit differently. Jordan Hicks, who we'll get into as a fifth starter for you guys. It might be a little bit new here, but it's not new to baseball. And he said it's his job to be able to communicate those decisions with the fans, and if he can't do that, then they're probably making the wrong decision. I love the way he explained that. What is that like for you as somebody who I, I would imagine behind the scenes has been probably wanting to see some of this stuff implemented over the years? What's it like to have a manager that now is going to potentially go in on some of these things that you've been talking about in the past? Well, I, I think 
again, I think the biggest thing is the communication. And, 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 and it's, it's front office to Ali, it's Ali to other coaches, it's, it's Ali and the coaches to the players, it's front office to players on occasion. It's just, it's just making sure we're all on the same page. And, and like, I think the, the key is, as long as you're on the same page, like, that's more important than what strategy you actually implement, is that everyone's bought into it and on the same page. And um, so I think that, that uh, there are some things Ali wants to do that are a little different than we've done in the past. There's some things that are going to be very similar to what we've done in the past. And I think that, that his communication style, our, our focus as a group on doing things the way we, you know, on what we're trying to accomplish and how we're going to get there, and the, and the players' buy-in makes puts us in a position to succeed more, more than any individual. The, the difference in little strategies are, are very much on the margins. Sure. They're not, you know, if, if it was worth 10 games in the standings, like, everyone would be doing it, right? We're all just trying to find little marginal victories, yeah. and so uh, I think that the process is more important than, than the actual, every individual decision. Uh, Michael, BK mentioned uh, Jordan Hicks, who Ali named as the fifth starter. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the mindset leading into that decision of Jordan Hicks taking that fifth rotation spot? Uh, I, think, I think part of it is we want Jordan to be put in a position to succeed this year. He, he hasn't pitched a lot. He's come through a bunch of different injuries. He's and, and putting him in a spot where he's on a schedule to start with, where he knows when he's throwing, we all know when he's throwing, and we can set up his, his recovery, his process, everything is very well set in advance, which you can only do in the starting rotation. You, yeah. can, you can try to do it in the bullpen, but like, you know, if a game gets out of hand, or you know, you, whatever, right. whatever schedule you say you're going to use, some days you're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. We, <laughs> we can't do that, right? And so this is, a, this is the easiest way to get him onto a set schedule. And, and you know, Jordan's a starter. He's our fifth starter. The expectations of Jordan's length and how many pitches he's going to throw, it's, it, just because we're calling him a starter doesn't mean he's right. going to go six innings and 100 pitches on whatever <laughs> it is, Tuesday, whatever his start is, right? So um, it's a process of getting him built up, and, and, and we'll see where it goes. We're talking to Cardinals general manager Michael Gersh here on BK at Ferrario. I would say the number one question we get from fans about the team this year is that starting rotation and the depth of it, especially with Hicks now going in as the fifth starter. Is that something that you guys have explored the market on over the last few weeks, kind of like you have with the, the hitting options for a designated hitter? Or were you guys always comfortable with this group of star, of pitchers going into opening day and the start of this season? I, I, so two things. One is this spring was just weird. Yeah. Like from a front office standpoint, we were negotiating arbitration contracts and free agent contracts while spring is going on. And we're, <laughs> people are making trades. Like there was, I think there was a trade this morning. Yeah. Like it just, it's been weird, right? <laughs> Um, so, of course, we're exploring everything, right? Because in a normal spring, like, 90% of the transactions wouldn't have happened, right? So this spring, you're exploring everything because it's just an, an, a, a, di a different environment. Um, that being said, we, we, are, we are apparently more comfortable than the fan base <laughs> with, uh, with the depth of our starting rotation. And, you know, guys like Verhagen and Brooks coming back from Asia are not... Are, are not the sort of high-profile free agents that, that, uh, that, that you might, you know, be more excited about. But we have confidence in them. We have confidence in guys like Connor Thomas and Palante and Libertor who are coming up from below. Um, we feel like we're in a good spot. We, we do have, understandably, you know, we, we have uh, Dakota coming back from having missed most of the season with Tommy John, but it was a very, it was exactly the sort of Tommy John recovery process that you want to see. In 12 months, he was back in the big leagues making a couple appearances, and they had a whole offseason to do a normal recovery. So he's, he hasn't pitched in a year, but he's as healthy as a guy who hasn't pitched in a year could possibly be, right? And Miles had, had, had not pitched much. He finished the year strong, finished healthy, and went through the offseason. So um, we feel good. 
look, knock on wood, like pitching is pitching. Like you can never have too much, as they say. Like no one stays healthy more than five minutes. Like, but, but we feel good about where we are. Uh, final one for me, Michael, and you mentioned confidence. And I feel like the fan base has a ton of confidence going into the season with the offense. Is that how the front office feels? Is that the area you're most confident in? You know, I, I mean, honestly, I'm most confident in our defense. Like, we're yeah. going to be a really good defensive team. Like, and, and even if there's an injury or someone, or someone, our, our, like, Lars Lupar's a really good defender, right? Mm-hmm. Sosa's not going to start on opening day. He's a really good defender. Like, even Dickerson's, a, like, an above-average defender. Like, we will, we will have a lot of gold gloves and almost all above-average defenders on the field almost every day. And that, that allows our, our pitching to play up, that, that just – that part of the game, we will do well, and we will do little things well. I do, I do feel like our position player, our offensive profile, look, we play in a tough place to hit, yes. and so the, the surface stats might not be as good as we would like them to be, um, but we have a good offensive club, all of whom are also really good defenders, most of whom are really good base runners. Like That, that position group is, is, uh, is a, certainly a strength. Michael, when you look at some of the guys that you could pull from AAA as well, it seems like the depth this year, I think it was uh, John Mozeliak who a couple of years ago said you had a little bit of a donut in terms of what your minor league system was. You had guys at AAA, you had guys at single A, but there was not a whole lot in between. This year it feels like there's a lot more depth that's like ready to go if you need to pull from it. Is that how you guys feel about the guys that are currently starting this season in AAA? Yeah, I think I think guys like Donovan and Yepes and Gorman all are, are guys that if they need to come up to, to Bush Stadium to play, we are totally fine with that. And I think Palante made the team. Walsh almost made the team. Connor Thomas was a consideration right to the end. Libertor is certainly a consideration at any time we need it. Like, I, I feel like we have sort of that next tier of players that we feel pretty good about. That all, most all of them had good springs and are in a position where, in a different spring training, where the spring training is a lot longer and there's more opportunity for the young guys, you know, would have had even more runway to, to make an impression. But even in the shortened one, had had a good impression on everybody. We'll get you out of here on this. What are you most excited about for? fans to see for this Cardinals team. I know that's hard. It's like me asking you to pick your f- favorite child, but what, what's the thing you're most excited about for this 2022 Cardinals season? Uh, I don't know. I, like, today I'm most excited. I just think the, the, the Hall of Famers is like the coolest tradition, and yeah. I, I was lucky enough to be here when uh, when I first started, Stan and Gibson and Brock and, and Red were all here, and it was it was amazing. And it's cool because you get to explain to my little guy like why people are cheering for like these old men. He has no <laughs> idea who they are, right? It's a cool way to transfer like kind of knowledge to the generation. So, um, so that's my that's my favorite part of opening day. I, I think that's one of the coolest traditions I've ever been around. Uh, more generally, I, I'm just excited to have a season start on time yeah. with fans in the seats and know we're playing 162 and and not. Not be like, not be waiting every morning to see whether anyone, you know, spit a positive on a test, and we have to like freak out and like try to rebuild the whole pitching staff and overnight or whatever. So um, it's a little bit more like back to normal, and it's exciting. It's exciting to get back to it. Well, we're thrilled to be able to have you out here. Thanks so much for hopping on with us, giving us so much of your time. Good luck today. Enjoy the game. Enjoy all of the traditions that are taking place beforehand, and enjoy watching Albert Pujols once again in a Cardinals uniform. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Michael. That's Cardinals general manager Michael Gersh. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.